singer Miley Cyrus back in February of 2011 was given the first annual Global Action Youth Leadership Award. As part of her acceptance speech, she said the following, and I quote, I want kids to do something they love, not something that seems like a chore because someone tells them it's the right thing to do or what their parents want. Miley, who uh, is the former child TV star Hannah Montana, speaks in direct contradiction to what God says in our text this morning. Look at verse 1 with me. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I think it's best if we take God's word over Miley's, don't you? So let's talk about children living at home and about adult children and how we respond to our parents. Verse 2 says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Let's talk first of all this morning about children living at home. The command to them is, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Kids, Obedience really is the very best way to show that you believe God and believe what God says about how you walk with Him in your home. In the Old Testament, the the book of 1 Samuel tells about King Saul who was given an assignment, a mission, and told as he went to this enemy to face them that he was not to take any of the enemy's flocks or herds. But Saul disobeyed, and he kept some of the sheep. When he was asked why he disobeyed, he lied about it. and said he really did obey, but that the other people, the rest of the Israelites, took some of the sheep so they could use them to sacrifice to God. And, and here's what Judge Samuel said to King Saul. 1 Samuel 15, verse 22. Does the Lord have as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. The very best thing you can do, boys and girls, teenagers, the very best thing you can do to honor God in your home is to obey your dad and mom. We're going to see in our text this morning some principles that apply to this great teaching from our text. The command here to obey is given in the context of submission to the Lord. You may have to turn back one page, you may not, but look at chapter 5 of Ephesians and verse 21. And be submissive to or subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's the whole context out of which Paul now writes to the family, to children and to parents. He's already spoken to husbands and wives about being submissive to the Lord and to each other. So that's the general context, submission to the Lord. If I think highly of Jesus as my Savior, I want to submit to Him because He knows what's best for me. So the Savior tells me, Obey your parents. So out of reverence for Him and submission to Him, I want to do that. That means 
when Paul says to do it in the Lord, that if I'm a Christian young person or child, if I've trusted Jesus as my Savior, if I've put my faith and trust in Jesus for my salvation, then I want to do what He tells me to do. The first principle then is that I'm obeying my parents in my home because I love Jesus and because Jesus tells me to. In fact, it pleases Him when I obey. We read that earlier, didn't we? From Colossians 3, verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. By the way, Colossians 3.20 has another principle in it before we come back to Ephesians 6.1. The principle is that I obey my parents, my mom and dad, in everything. In Colossians 3.20. In everything. Not just the things that I like, or the things that sound easy. By the way, when it says that I'm to obey my parents in everything, in Colossians 3.20, it doesn't mean that if I'm a Christian boy or girl, that I am to obey my parents when they tell me to do something that God doesn't want me to do. Just as an example, some parents, especially in big cities, parents who don't love the Lord, will try to get their children to steal for them from a local store or to lie to cover their tracks about one thing or another. No, God doesn't want me to do that. Even if my parents tell me, go steal for me. I can say no to that. God doesn't want me to do that. But those are rare things. Pretty much all the time I can obey dad and mom and what they tell me, and it pleases the Lord. It makes Him happy to see me making dad and mom happy by obeying. So back in Ephesians 6.1, notice it with me. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. The first principle is that obedience is the right thing to do. I'm to obey my parents simply because God says this is the right thing to do. There's an old saying that goes like this, right is right even if everyone is against it, and wrong is wrong even if everyone is for it. And certainly the Bible would emphasize that truth. So even if all of my friends in school or in my neighborhood disobey their parents most of the time, God says it's right for me to obey my parents all the time. The point is that these command verbs, obey and honor, have been in the language of human society for centuries. And they still apply today as much in 2015 A.D. as they did in 2015 B.C. Because they're God's commands. We can't ignore these commands by saying, well, Bill, times have changed, you know. Well, yes, times have definitely changed. But God's Word has not. There's that timeless quality to the Bible that marks out the Bible as the most awesome book ever written in the history of mankind. A book full of the promises of God. Let's talk about that secondly, promises. When Paul quotes the Old Testament here in verse 2, we read it earlier, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, he's quoting from the Old Testament, from the book of Exodus chapter 20, the giving of the Ten Commandments. And what he does is he highlights the fifth of those Ten Commands honor your father and mother. 
And he says here that it's the first commandment with a promise. I want to deal with that textual issue this morning. That statement, the first commandment with a promise. And then we'll go back and examine the actual promise that God gives to children of all ages and all periods of history about obeying and honoring mom and dad. In Exodus chapter 20, when the original Ten Commandments were given, the second commandment, which said, you shall not make for yourself an idol, you shall not worship them, the idols, or serve them, That seems clearly to be the first, numerically, to involve a promise. It has a negative promise. God says, if you don't obey this command, then I'm going to bring on you difficulty to the third and fourth generation. But it also has a positive promise. If you'll do this, if you'll honor your father and mother, I'll bless you to the thousands of generations to come. So what does Paul mean here when he says that this is the first commandment with a promise? I believe he's using the word first here, not as a numerical sequence, first, second, third, but as a matter of importance, rank. There was a lawyer, for example, who came to Jesus in Matthew 22 and asked, what is the first commandment, the greatest commandment? And Jesus responded in verse 37 of Matthew 22, The first, the greatest commandment, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. So here Paul is saying that this command to obey your parents and honor your parents is first in rank when it comes to a command that has a promise. I want you to look at it with me in verse 3 the promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Those promises have immense value for all of us. There are two halves to the story of this wonderful promise from God. First, it may be well with you. God's promise to obedient, honoring children is that it may go well with you. In other words, God will richly bless your life. It doesn't mean that children who obey their parents or adult children who honor their parents are going to have everything automatically go smoothly for them every day. It doesn't mean that at all. There have been in the past and there are now many Christian people who have obeyed their parents while they were living under their roof and who have honored their parents once they're out on their own, who've had tough things happen to them, right? Illness, loss of a job, financial struggles, much more. What it does mean, though, is that if I'm an obedient child, if I'm honoring my parents the way God wants me to, if I'm a child of God, I'm in the Lord, I know Jesus is my Savior, and I'm seeking to do what God wants, then things are going to work out for good for me. And I will know that even in the struggles... I can have a settled peace and joy that only come to a believer who's in the context of the grace and blessing of God. Romans 8.28 is still in our Bibles. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. 
The late preacher Dr. Harry Ironside used to say, children who do not obey their parents when they are young usually do not obey God when they're old. And I think that's correct. But Paul says here, if you'll honor your parents, if you'll obey your parents when you're under their roof, it will go well with you. And then secondly, you may live long on the earth. That's the other half of the promise. Now again, that doesn't mean that no Christian kids ever die. Sometimes little babies die. But it does mean that those who honor the Lord will usually have a long and blessed life. It doesn't mean also that anyone who obeys their parents or honors their parents will live to be a hundred. It means that that lifestyle of obedience and honor will be accompanied usually by a long life because those actions and attitudes of rebellion usually bring the reverse, a shortened life. And even if a person who doesn't know Jesus as Savior and could care less about the Bible lives to be a hundred, it doesn't mean that God's hand of blessing is on their life or that His favor rests on them. Disobedience to parents usually leads to a long, undisciplined life. And all things being equal, that leads to a shortened life. If I'm going to consume drugs and alcohol in disobedience to my parents and in lack of respect toward them, it's probably going to affect the length of my life. So respect for authority leads to a lifestyle that enhances each day's experiences. It moves us away from sensual activities and sinful attitudes that are going to put us in the line of Satan's fire and may shorten our lives. The point of all of this is this. Let me make this very clear. God's promises are worth pursuing. It is worth it, boys and girls and young people, to honor your parents and obey them while you're living at home. And not only that, we are in the process modeling the pleasing life that our Savior Jesus Christ lived while He was on earth. Listen to Matthew 3, verse 17. Behold, a voice out of the heavens. This is God the Father's own voice saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. We can have that well-pleasing statement made of us too if we'll obey these commands. But now let's talk about some practical applications for boys and girls living at home. Young people living at home. Listen to these tough words from 2 Timothy 3, 1-4. The Apostle Paul says, Realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come. We can say amen. We're in those days. Men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Does God know how to describe sinful people or what? He sure does. But here's the point. 
The reason I put that passage in my notes this morning is because Christian families where boys and girls and young people will obey their parents and honor their parents. Christian families in these last days have the awesome privilege of being testimonies of the exact opposite of what Paul was just describing. We get to be lovers of God. We get to be thankful. We get to be humble. We get to be worshipers of God. We get to be obedient to our parents. We get to be holy and we get to have great affection for dad and mom and for the people of God and for the lost people around us who need Jesus. And I'm glad for that. Do we do it well all the time? No. But I'm glad for that opportunity to be the opposite of what Paul is describing. There are three simple ways to fulfill this command. Kids, boys and girls, young people. Three simple ways. First of all, obey right now. Obedience is to be seen as operating while I'm living under my parents' roof or while I'm being supported by, taken care of by my parents. And one of the best ways we can follow this command to obey is to do what mom and dad tell us to do right then. Not when we feel like it or when we get around to it. Listen to this story Jesus tells in Matthew 21, starting in verse 28. But what do you think? Jesus is asking the crowd. What do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Go work in the vineyard today. And he answered and said, I will, sir. But he did not go. And he came to the second son and said the same thing. But he answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. Which of the two did the will of the Father? The crowd said, well, the second one. He actually did what his dad told him to do. I would say, while the second son did what he was told to do, how much better it would have been for either of those boys if they had said, yes, I'll do it, and then went and did it right then. It's a great way to follow this command. Do it immediately. We sang about that earlier. Action is the key. Do it immediately. Joy you will receive. Secondly, we need to do what our parents ask us to do or command us to do. We need to do it the right way. One mother laid down the law in her home. For every item that she had to pick up off the floor in their room, her two boys were going to have to pay her a nickel. At the end of the week, her sons gave her 65 cents each and a tip of 50 cents. And they left her a note. Thanks, Mom. Keep up the good work. That's not how God plans for it to be done. Pay Mom and Dad to do it. No, we're to do it. To do it the right way. The right way is to do exactly what Dad or Mom ask or tell us to do. If they say, clean your room and pick up all your toys, we're being disobedient if we make our bed, but then throw all the toys under the bed where we can't see them. I have a newsflash for all of you kids. Guess what? Parents do look under the bed sometimes. So do it right now. Do it the right way. And thirdly, do it with the right attitude. 
In a book called How to Use Humor for Business Success, Malcolm Kushner writes, There are three ways to get things done. Do it yourself, get somebody else to do it, or tell your kids not to do it. (laughs) Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if children living at home had the same attitude about their parents' rules that David had about God's rules? I read this verse a couple of days ago in my devotions in the morning, and it's a terrific verse. Psalm 119, 164. David said, Seven times a day I praise you because of your fair rules. What parent wouldn't want to hear the praises of their children seven times a day for our rules at home? Usually doesn't work that way, does it? Please notice that Paul does not say here in Ephesians 6, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is easy to do. It's not easy. I mean, let's be honest about it. All of us are born with a sin nature. And it often shows up very early, doesn't it, mom and dad? Because we're born sinners, we all tend to resist being told what to do, or when to do it, or how to do it. But society in any culture, any age has basic society rules of conduct. And one of those rules of conduct is that children listen to and obey their parents. And adult children honor their parents. It's worked well for cultures all over the world and for thousands of years. And that will still work today and on into the future. Whenever and wherever there is a breakdown of that societal rule, There's chaos and disorder and lawlessness and crime increase. And we've seen that, haven't we, in our modern day. In many major cities like Baltimore, children roam the streets. Late at night, we find trouble following them or they make trouble where they go. Paul is challenging all of us with these little words in the end of verse 1. This is right. What he's saying in effect to children of of any age is, you should be the best children around. You should show other boys and girls what obedience looks like in the home. You should show others who are now adults what respect of parents looks like, what honoring parents looks like. Because there are so many today who seem to have no respect for the elderly. Which leads us then to consider the second half of this command. Obey your parents, children. Then secondly, verse 2, honor your father and mother. As we mentioned, Paul is quoting from the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honor your father and mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. I want to look at this honor quotient very briefly from three perspectives. First of all, I want to talk about, talk about what honor means. The Hebrew word translated honor in the Old Testament, like Exodus 20 verse 12, means weighty or heavy. But it also means impressive or important. It's interesting that it's most often used to refer to the glory and majesty of God giving Him the honor that is due to Him for who He is. 
And it includes the practical lifestyle that goes with that honor. Let me give you one example as it relates to God. Proverbs 3, verse 9. There it says, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all of your produce. That's just one practical way to show honor to God. Honor is the difference between a heavy barbell and a feather in terms of respecting God or respecting our parents. It's the difference between a pile of gold and a worn penny. As I mentioned earlier, obedience is seen while we are living under our parents' roof or while we are being supported by our parents financially under their care and keeping. Honor, however, is to take place all the while our parents are alive. To dishonor them, to neglect them, and to fail to care for them in their time of need as elderly people is a sin against God as well as a sin against them. Please remember something. I need to remember this all the time, and it's pretty easy in my case. There are no perfect parents. There are no perfect kids. There is no perfect home. Even Jesus lived in an imperfect home. He was perfect, but He lived in an imperfect home. But God can give us instruction and does in His Word on how to raise children and how to honor parents throughout their lifetime. An unknown author wrote this article called Preparation for Parenthood, and it included ten suggestions on how to prepare for becoming a parent. And this is just one of the ten. This is so good. This author writes, Before you finally go ahead and have children, find a couple of people who are already parents and berate them about their methods of discipline their lack of patience, their appallingly low tolerance levels, and how they've allowed their children to run rampant. Suggest ways in which they might improve their child's sleeping habits, toilet training, table manners, and their overall behavior. But be sure to enjoy it. It'll be the last time in your life that you have all the answers. (laughs) And that's true, isn't it? It's when we become parents that we realize, whoa, This is a big responsibility. And it's a big responsibility for adult children to honor their parents. And we can find answers from God on how to be an obedient child when we're living at home. And about being parents ourselves when our turn comes around to establish a home. And about how to honor our parents when we're out of the home. And out from under their direct supervision and command. So that's what it means. It means to consider our parents as impressive and important, weighty, weighty. Secondly, why is it important? Why do we honor them? We saw earlier in our text the answer in verse 1. It's right. We honor them because it's right. We also honor them Thankfully, because there's a blessing that comes from it. Those promises that we read earlier. A blessing from God for the honor that we show toward dad and mom in their older years. Jewish rabbis used to make this quote often. The Lord says, I reckon it, honoring your parents, as though I dwelled with them and they honored me. 
Did you hear that? That's a good way to think about it. That's a good reason for honoring our parents because it really shows honor and respect for the Lord Himself. Not just our earthly mom and dad. It shows that we give weight and importance to His commands in this matter of growing up and eventually leaving home to establish our own home. So, how do we do it specifically? What does it look like? What does honoring our parents look like? Let me give you three suggestions. First of all, it looks like humble response. I've had the privilege of traveling to Uganda on two different occasions. And in both occasions, I was embarrassed, quite frankly, that when I would come to a certain town and to a little church that we were going to do ministry in, the little girls, the teen girls, and the adult women, even to the elderly women, would bow down on the ground with their face almost in the dirt in front of me as a pastor and other uh, Ugandan pastors and church leaders. I jokingly thought this morning that uh, Jeff and Jim and Ken and I ought to institute that as a rule around here. But I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I was embarrassed. I didn't expect them to be bowing in front of me. I'm nobody to bow down to. But what it looks like for us is humility. It looks like never shaming our parents, especially in public. Never bringing them intentional pain. Never displaying anger in front of our parents. It means not acting toward our parents as if they don't have a clue and now because we're parents, we've got it all together. And we know how to do this. No, we don't. We show real humility by realizing that they've been further down the road, a lot further down the road than we have. A lot more experiences than we've had. And while they didn't always make the best choices, perhaps, or they weren't the best parents, they're still our parents. Amen? God gave them to us and gave us to them. We don't need to physically bow to them. We don't have to continue to obey their commands. That's for someone still living in the home. But we can listen. We can respect their viewpoints. We can help them when they need it, especially in their declining years. Which leads me to a second way that we can practically honor our parents. And that's by fulfilling a helpful role with them. Listen to this passage from 1 Timothy 5, verses 3 and 4. Paul writes, Honor widows who are widows indeed. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, they must, they must first learn to practice piety, that's service in connection with religion, piety in regard to their own family, and to make some return to their parents. For this is acceptable in the sight of God. Now, if the New American Standard Bible's rendering of that passage is maybe a little difficult to understand, let me paraphrase it for us this morning. Don't blame anyone else but me for the paraphrase. An elderly woman or man who has a family is to find help in their declining years from their children or grandchildren. That's one way that the children can repay their aging parents 
for the care they gave them when they lived at home. And God honors that kind of elder care. Jesus spoke about a very serious issue in His day, and I want to mention it this morning. It occurred primarily among Jewish leaders and their followers. Here's what would happen if an adult child didn't want to take care of their needy parents, particularly financially, they would claim that their finances were given over to the Lord, devoted, korban is the Hebrew word, they were given over to the Lord. They were put in the temple treasuries, and so now I don't have any money to help mom and dad, sorry. And Jesus really got on their case about that. Listen to Mark 7, starting in verse 9. He was also saying to them, You are experts at setting aside the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, If a man says to his father or mother, Whatever I have that would help you is korban or devoted or given to God, you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or his mother thus invalidating the Word of God by your tradition. Wow. Jesus said that's not how it's to be done. If your parents need your help, you need to give them your help. Think about this. Jesus Himself honored His own mother while He was hanging on the cross, no less. John chapter 19, verses 26 and 27, when Jesus saw His mother, that's Mary, And the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own household. Even in death, Jesus remembered that his mother needed care. And he provided for it. Now, I don't mean to imply that all of our finances are to go to help mom and dad. They may be well more financially off than we are. But I do mean that we're to help them in ways that show that we still honor them as our parents. It might mean mowing the lawn for them if they've been laid up. It might mean bringing meals to them when they're ill and can't prepare their own food. It might be as simple as frequent phone calls to find out how they're doing and to really be interested in how they're doing. The point is that honor looks like helpfulness. But thirdly, it also looks like high regard. How many of you have ever had a DVD or a CD, music or video that was all scratched and you couldn't listen to it anymore? Anybody? It's kind of a tough thing. Here's here's what that sounds like. Oof. That doesn't sound so good, does it? No. Sounds terrible. But that's an illustration of how disobedience and dishonor sound in the home, in our families. Not very peaceful. Disobedience and dishonor are like those scratches on our CD or DVD. And the negative sound in our homes is terrible. And it truly disrespects the very God who gave us our parents and who put us in families. But the fact is that scratches in our DVDs or CDs can be removed. 
I looked at a number of websites. One of them said eight ways to remove scratches from CDs and DVDs, and it was only $9.99. But I've got an even better deal for you. Those noisy scratches in our homes that sound like disobedience and dishonor, lack of respect, can be cleaned up in one step, and it doesn't cost anything. Well, it costs God the blood of His own Son, Jesus Christ. It's called confession. Listen to 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, like the sin of disobedience and disrespect, if we confess our sins, He, God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Peace in the home can be restored by God. I'm glad for that. What honor looks like when we're out of the home is that we respect our parents' opinions even if we disagree with those opinions. It looks like at times requesting their advice and then listening to that advice. Again, whether we follow through with their advice and and take it for ourselves, that's another matter. But we listen to their advice. It means spending time with them when we can and seeking to make those times enjoyable instead of confrontational. And we can help them at times with physical or material needs that we can meet that they cannot because of age or illness. Again, the qualifier here with obedience or honor is that it is in the Lord. What that means, I believe, is that this kind of Obedience and honor, these commands cover us at any age, and that we are doing it for the Lord, not so much for mom and dad, but for the Lord. So even if our parents are unbelievers, by being obedient to them when we're living in their home or by showing them honor when we're out on our own, we may be the tool God uses to bring that parent or those parents to faith in Jesus Christ. One piece of practical advice, and I mean this seriously, I've heard of so many of these cases, please don't withhold their grandchildren from them. Don't do that. Some couples do that as a form of punishment to a parent that they no longer respect or care about. Unless one or the other of those grandparents is a child molester or a sex offender, it's cruel and disrespectful to keep their grandchildren from them. Bottom line, we can trust God to help us in these practical aspects of obeying and honoring dad and mom. Ultimately, it comes down to honoring him and being obedient to Him, trusting Him for the outcome. I love this piece of poetry, and I'll close with it. And then we're going to sing a song, an old hymn called Trust and Obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus or in your home but to trust and obey. Glenda Fulton Davis wrote these words, and they're beautiful. It's not always easy to smile and be nice when we are called on to sacrifice. It's not always easy to put others first, especially when tired and feeling our worst. It's not always easy to do the Father's will. It wasn't so easy to climb Calvary's hill. 
But we as His children should learn to obey. Not seeking our own, but seeking His way. It's not always easy to fight the good fight, but it is always good, and it is always right. Powerful words. But certainly not as powerful as children obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and mother. And the hymn writer would say to all of us, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. I want to pray for all of the children here this morning. How many are there? Everybody's hand should go up. We are all children. I want to pray for all of us this morning about obedience and honor, and then we'll stand and sing. Father, thank You for our time together this morning. Thank You for the clear teaching of Your Word and for the practical ways we can apply it. Lord, I pray that the children of our church, our church family, will be the best children around. Not so that they can be puffed up with pride, but so that You will get the glory. And us adult children, Lord, help us to know in practical ways how to honor and show respect to, give weight and impressiveness to our parents, even if they're far from perfect. And we'll give you the praise, and we then can also trust and obey. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand and sing with me. Trust and obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of His love until all on the altar we lay. And the joy He bestows are for them who will trust and obey. And in fellowship sweet, we will sit at His feet, or we'll walk by His side in the way. What He says we will do, where He sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey.